say something I'm giving up on you I'll be the one if you want me to Powerful moment. Say something. Would you say that with me? Say something. If you're here this weekend and you're searching, you're searching. If there is a God, you, you want to find him. If there is a God, you want to know him. If God would just say something to you, that would be a game changer. 
or if you're a believer, you put your faith and trust in Jesus, but right now you're in one of those seasons of life, you want to hear from him, you need to hear from him that if God would just say something to you, that would be a game changer. Well, I am so glad that you're here as we start this new series because 2,000 years ago on the cross, God did say something. 2,000 years ago, he sent his son to this earth and Jesus said something from the cross and those seven sayings, they absolutely are game changers. Can we give God praise? Amen. God has said something, and I believe over these next few weeks, God wants to say something to you. Now, these seven sayings, they're the last words that Jesus speaks before he dies. And what someone says before they die, there's just so much weight to those words. When every breath is a struggle, when every word takes so much effort. There's a certain weight that goes with those words. My dad passed away about three months ago, and I was very grateful to be able to spend those last few days with him, and I'll never forget. It was like yesterday. I can see and hear those last words that my dad spoke to me. I was holding his hand and he looked me in the eye and he couldn't say it very loudly, but he said it with a whisper, I love you and I'm so proud of you. I had heard my dad say that a thousand times, but when he said it then, in that moment, I wouldn't trade those words for a hundred million dollars because even though it was a whisper it roared in my spirit and when we come to the foot of the cross when every breath is hard for Jesus every word takes so much effort those seven sayings there there's a unique and special power about them and I'm believing that In this Lenten season, on our journey to resurrection, God does want to say something to us, and all God's people said, amen. Amen. Would you stand with me, please? I want to speak God's blessing over you. Thank all of those who are joining us online, different campuses around the Bay Area. I believe God wants to speak to you during this Easter season, those who are in the chapel, those in the coffee shop, those out in the lobby, and those here in the main building. Let me speak God's blessing on you today. Heavenly Father, thank you for all of these wonderful people here at Cathedral of Faith. Thank you for friends and family and guests who are here. God, I believe with all my heart, they're not here by accident or chance. I believe you've drawn them into this moment and that today we begin a journey together. And God, that you are going to say something. In one of these weeks, you are going to say something, and it's going to be a game-changing world word for us. So God, do what only you can do by the power of your spirit. Meet us in this moment. 
Our hearts are receptive. We have ears to hear. Speak to us today. All God's people said, amen. Amen. Can we give God praise one more time? Hallelujah. Amen. Well, it is so great to see everybody. And you know what Sunday it is? It's Time Change Sunday. You made it to church on Time Change Sunday. Did you know there's a verse in the Bible that talks about a special crown you get in heaven for coming to church on Time Change Sunday? I just made that up. But you did a good thing today, man. Special blessings on you. So before you're seated, look at somebody, give them a high five and tell them, way to go. Man, we're here. Way to go. You made it. <laughs> Time change Sunday. Now, on your outlines, you'll find the first game-changing word that Jesus speaks from the cross. And that word is forgive. Forgive. What do you do? We live in a broken world where hurt people hurt other people. How do you handle the hurt that you don't deserve? How do you heal the hurt that you don't deserve? The word Jesus speaks from the cross, it really is a game-changing word. Forgive. I heard about a pastor who was, he planned his sermons ahead, kind of like we do here, and the head of the church school came up to him and asked him in the coming week if they could pray over and install the new teachers who were going to be teaching at the school. And the pastor said, well, sure, we can do that. I can't change the topic of my sermon, but we can certainly pray a blessing on them in the service. And so they ran an advertisement in the newspaper, and it didn't come out quite like they planned. This is what it read. This Sunday, the new teachers of the Oxford Church School will be installed. The pastor's sermon for this occasion is entitled, Father, Forgive Them, For They Know Not What They Do. (laughs) The word forgive... We find the first word from the cross in Luke chapter 23. Let's walk through this passage and think about this moment. The Bible says, when they came to a place called the skull, they nailed him to the cross. Jesus said, Father, forgive them. Would you say that with me? Father, forgive them. Wait a second, time out, Jesus. They haven't had a change of heart yet. They haven't even said they're sorry yet. What we find on the cross is a pure act of mercy, a pure act of grace. These people have done nothing to deserve it or earn it. It is all a gift of God. Can somebody say amen to that? powerful. 
Father, forgive them. Say that with me. Father, forgive them. How can he pray that? He prays for them while he's still in pain. His wounds are still fresh. I don't know about you, but when I'm in pain, everything's all about me. The world revolves around me. If I get sick and I'm on the couch, it's all about me. Honey, can you bring me some soup? Honey, can you get the remote control? It's all the way on the other side of the table. When I'm in pain, it's all about me. Jesus is in pain. His wounds are still fresh and he's praying for them. What kind of love is that? And he doesn't pray, God, destroy them. God, consume them. Instead, he prays, Father, forgive them. Say that with me. Father, forgive them. Who are the them? Who are the them? Well, obviously, the soldiers who carried out the crucifixion and uh, the government who sentenced him and the religious leaders who demanded it, he's praying for them. But if you take the 30,000 foot view, I look at that statement and I is them. This is us. It is our sin that nailed him to the cross. The old song asked the question, were you there when they crucified my Lord? And the answer is, yes, we were. He's praying for us. The Bible says he is the one who died to cleanse us and clear our record of all sin. On that cross, Jesus is praying for us. Can we give God praise? We have an amazing Savior. Thank you, Jesus. Father, forgive them. 2019, Cathedral of Faith, he's praying for us. And the verse continues, for they don't know what they are doing. Oh, my On the one hand, they knew what they were doing. They knew what they were doing was wrong. They knew they were putting to death an innocent man. But what they didn't know is the full extent of their wrong. The full extent of their evil. That they were taking the Son of God. Well, Peter later on would put it this way. He said, you killed the author of life whom God raised from the dead. Now, brothers, I know that you acted in ignorance, as did also your rulers. They don't know what they're doing. And I was thinking, do we ever really know? We know what we're doing is wrong. But do we ever really know the full extent of the wrong that we do? And yet, God still loves us. Can we give God praise? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
The passage continues, the leader scoffed, he saved others, let him save himself. The soldiers mocked him too. I mean, they had ripped up his body, now they're ripping up his soul. Talk about kicking a man when he's down. How can people be so cruel? Have you ever looked at a situation and thought, how can people be so cruel? And yet, when the world does its worst, Jesus is at his best. The world does its worst, and Jesus is at his best. He looks beyond their fault, and he sees their need, and he prays, Father, forgive them. Father, forgive them. Would you say that with me? Father, forgive them. How do you handle the hurt? We live in a broken world. We really do. And hurt people, what do they do? They hurt other people. And when that happens to you, somebody marks up your life. You have a a best friend who stabs you in the back. Or you have a husband who humiliates you at the dinner party. Or you have a dad who abandons you when you were young. Or you have a coworker at the office who slanders you. Or you have a, a person online who bullies you. They say that half of all teens get cyberbullied during the course of a year. What do you do? How do you handle those hurts that you don't deserve? When the world is at its worst, by the grace of God, we can be at our best. Father, forgive them. Father, forgive them. Say that with me. Father, forgive them. Now, when it comes to hurt, there are two basic things that can happen in our lives. And the first one has to do with react and strike back. We can react and strike back or we can respond and move on. React and strike back or respond and move on. One of my favorite uh, scenes from any film, there's a lady who's in a parking lot and she gets cut off in the parking lot and she's having trouble processing it. Watch the screens and you can see it for yourself. Thanks. Been out here all day. If I can show
is it, girls? I'm older and I have more insurance. That's what you call react and strike back, right? You hurt me, I'll hurt you. You mistreat me, I'll mistreat you. You crucify me, I'll crucify you. There's something in human nature that wants revenge. We want to get even. I mean, there's something, well, I think if we're honest, there's a little bit of that lady inside all of us. I mean, there was a part of me that liked that part of the film. I was saying, you go, girl, show those young punks who's boss, right? <laughs> Something about well, react and strike back. I, in just a, a few weeks, you can see the stage is taking shape and our passion play is getting ready to happen. I hope you're praying about who you're going to invite. We're believing it's going to be the greatest season ever of harvest. Can we praise God in advance, in faith, <laughs> believing what God is going to do? Well, there's a famous passion play that takes place over in Germany every 10 years. And I have heard that one year the director of that play he went into town and he was trying to find somebody to play the part of Jesus. And he, he, he picks this guy and this guy's a pretty rough and tough character. He says, that's who I want to play Jesus. So one of the first rehearsals, here we go. This Jesus character is carrying the cross and the mob, the crowd is screaming at him. And there's one guy in the mob, he's very much into his part. He breaks away from the rest of the crowd and he gets right up in the face, right in the grill of this Jesus character. And he's screaming at him and taunting him. And man, at that moment, the Jesus character drops the cross and just drops the guy. <laughs> Bam! Well, of course, now you can imagine, what do you do then, right? So the director pulls him aside and says, you can't do that. That's not the way the story goes. And so he talks to them for a long time, and they get back. They start rehearsing again, and here we go. Oh, boy. Same scene, carrying the cross. Same mob guy breaks through the crowd, and now he's really motivated. Gets right up in the grill of the Jesus character, but this time he keeps his composure, sort of. He holds onto the cross, but he looks at the guy and says, I'll see you after the resurrection. <laughs> There's something in human nature. You, know, you strike me and I'll strike you back. Now, I think it's really a distortion of what we have what we have a heart for as human beings, there's a healthy sense of justice that we want to see done. But what happens is we twist it and distort it and turn it into a personal vendetta. We want to get even. And here's what I've discovered. When it becomes a personal vendetta, it's hard to know where even really is. Was the lady even now with those girls in the movie? 
Was the guy playing Jesus now? Was he even with that mob guy? It's hard to know where even is when you're playing that game. But instead of playing that game of react and strike back, Jesus shows us a different way. It's called respond and move on. Say that with me. Respond and move on. When someone marks your life, Jesus says, in fact, scholars point out that, well, he said it more than once, that every time they pounded the nail, Jesus says, Father, forgive them. Every time the religious leaders mocked him, he said, Father, forgive them. Every time the soldiers gambled for his garments, Jesus prayed, Father, forgive them. Every time they strike at him, he doesn't strike back. It takes real strength. It does. Because he could have struck back. He could have called 10,000 angels to come to his rescue. But every time they strike him, he does not strike back. Or I take that back. He does strike back. But he strikes back with love. Father, forgive them. When you have the strength, it takes a certain amount of strength to not strike back. But when you strike back with love, talk about power. Here's something to think about. Is there someone in your life, they've hurt you. And today God is moving you to strike back with love. Jesus taught Jesus taught us to love our enemies and to do good to those who hate you and to bless those who curse you and to pray for those who mistreat you. He taught us that and then he showed us that on the cross. And this weekend, maybe God is moving your heart when the world does its worst, you can be at your best. I'm going to strike back all right, but I'm going to strike back in love. I'm going to let you in on a little bit of insider foreman family information. My mom loves the television show American Idol. She really does. She is so excited that it's back on TV. And this is how much she loves it. When she was more mobile, I used to get her tickets every year so she could go see it. And when my dad was still alive, her and my, my dad and my mom, every year, they would, they're in their 80s, and they would vote on the phone for their favorite singer. <laughs> I can't get my mom to try anything new, but she would, she would vote on the phone. I mean, this is how much she loves American Idol. And years ago, 
when the show was first starting out, there was a young lady that came on stage. And when she did, there was this one judge. Anybody remember Simon? So Simon makes a comment, not about her singing, but about her weight. She walks out on the stage and he says something about, well, we're going to need to get a bigger stage this year. He fat shames her right in front of a national audience. Talk about a cheap shot. And it hurt. But instead of strike, instead of reacting and striking back, when Simon was at his worst, she was at her best. Watch how Mandisa responds. Well, you didn't need a bigger stage, but you could have got a bigger chair. <laughs> Simon, a lot of people want me to say a lot of things to you. But this is what I want to say to you, is that, yes, you hurt me, and I cried. And it was painful. It really was. But I want you to know that I've forgiven you and that you don't need someone to apologize in order to forgive somebody. And I figured that if Jesus could die so that all of my wrongs could be forgiven, I can certainly extend that same grace to you. So I just wanted you to know. Amen. Mandisa, I'm humbled. Come here, give me a kiss. Come here. Give me a kiss. I'm just so appalling, aren't I? Isn't that great? When the world is at its worst, we can be at our best. Can somebody say amen? amen? Respond and move on. Say that with me. Respond and move on. Where does that hurt keep going? Wow. See, forgive. When you forgive, I mean, all of us in life, there is the hurt that we experience. We don't deserve it. How do you handle it? How do you heal it? Forgiveness is a key. But here we come to this last little moment before Dan and Carol come out and wind things up with a great song. I want to talk to you about how do you respond and move on? How do you respond and move on? Because all of us, you know, at least a couple of us right now, I bet you're thinking exactly what this lady is thinking. She says, forgive and forget. I'm neither Jesus nor do I have Alzheimer's. <laughs> you know what she's saying? I don't know. I mean, that's a nice idea, but you don't understand. You don't know what they've done to me. You don't know how miserable they made my life. I don't have any desire. Just being real. I have no desire to forgive them. Can I tell you today, that's all right. If you will just meet Jesus where you're at, bring your desire for the desire. Even if you don't have the desire to forgive, bring your desire to have the desire to forgive. Bring that to Jesus, and by his grace, he can give you the desire, and today you can take a step of faith that starts a journey that when the world is at its best, we, well, at its worst, we can be at our best. Amen? Amen? We can respond and move on. God can give us grace for that. 
And I hear some words that help me out in those difficult moments, and I have them too. But here's some things I try to remember. Let me share a couple of them with you. The first one is treat yourself right. Treat yourself right. Would you say that with me? Treat yourself right. I want to ask a question. It's a personal question, but I encourage you to be interactive. How many are the spider killers in your home? Let me see your hands. Spider killers, yeah, yeah. I'm a spider killer in my home. I mean, my wife will, will kill every other varmint and bug we have in our house. But if the spider is that big, you know, I'm in charge. So, you know, I, now most of them I grab with a Kleenex or I use my shoe. But every once in a while you get a spider like this. And then you need weapons of mass destruction, right? <laughs> and so that's when I bring out the raid. Can you imagine now? I mean, can you imagine Imagine this. What if I took the raid and sprayed it right at myself? Hello? What's wrong with you, Ken? Nobody does that. How stupid to take a can of raid poison and to spray it at yourself. And yet, when we carry around bitterness and anger and unforgiveness, that is exactly what we do. We turn the poison on ourselves. It poisons our spirit and our soul and our attitude and our words and even our body. I'm not the sharpest tool in the shed but even I know forgiveness is a good idea. They already hurt me. I'm not going to let them poison me. Instead, I'm going to choose to forgive. Whether they ask me, whether they don't ask me, I want to be, well, I want to be good in here. Amen? Amen? Treat yourself right. You matter too much. You matter too much to God. You matter too much to others. And here's another thing I try to remember. I try to transfer my hurt to God. I try to transfer my hurt to God. Now, for this, I'm going to ask my brother to come help me out for this one. Kurt, can you come up on the stage here? How about a big hand for my brother? I've got a great brother. He's my little brother. Now, this is, let me just say, this is, this, Kurt, this is just a sermon illustration. But I'm going to ask you to hit me. Now, this isn't payback for how I used to tease you when we were growing up. This is just a sermon illustration. Just an illustration. Say that with me. Just an illustration. But what usually happens is, see, when someone strikes us, go ahead and hit me, Kurt. Okay. See, my immediate reaction is to strike them back, right? And And now we're even, right? <laughs> no, we're not even. Because, see, I feel my pain differently than he feels my pain. And so now we've got to make things even. So, Kurt, let's go ahead and get even. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and now we're even. Not really, because he sent me two times. And so now, to get even, I've got to even the score. 
and he hit me a lot harder than I hit him. And so here we go. We ready? (laughs) And that's what happens. We get caught up in this cycle of pain, of trying to get even. But instead of playing that game, when I take my right to strike back and I surrender it to God, I transfer it to God. That is the way to free up your spirit. Can we have a hand for my brother? Thank you, Kurt. When you get caught up in that cycle of pain, everybody ends up black and blue. Instead of I'll take my hurt and I'll entrust it to God. This is what Jesus does. When he was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten. But he continued entrusting himself to him who judges justly. How many trust God this weekend? Let me see your hands. Do you trust God enough that if you surrender your right to strike back to him, said, God, I don't want to carry the burden of the get even game. Instead, I'm transferring that hurt to you. And I know that at the end of the day, you will settle the score. At the end of the day, you will make things right. And I don't have to stress about that anymore. Amen? Amen. Abraham said, will not, will not the judge of all the earth do what? Right. So this weekend, transfer your hurt to God. Don't get caught up in the get even game. And then finally, here's another thing that helps me. Transform your hurt. Transform you're hurt. The soldiers, I, I found a, a picture of a church uh, in front of a church. It said this, forgive your enemies, it messes with their heads. <laughs> and I thought, you know, that's true. On the cross, the soldiers knew what to expect. They had seen it a million times. When people were crucified, they swore and they screamed and they spit and they said such vile things. Sometimes the soldiers would cut out their tongues just to stop them from talking. So they knew what to expect from Jesus. And then Jesus rocks their expectations, messes up with their heads when he says, Father, forgive them. What? And at the end of the crucifixion, The head soldier bows his knee and says, truly, this was the son of God. When you forgive, only love can transform an enemy into a friend. And you never know what God can do through that one act of forgiveness as Dan and Carol get ready for this last song. Back in the days when schools were segregated, many, many years ago, there was a little six-year-old girl by the name of Ruby. She was the first black girl to walk into this all-white school. And it was a very dramatic moment, traumatic moment, because as she's walking to that school, people are screaming at her. People are screaming at each other. I mean, it's a just a, how can people be so cruel because of the color of a person's skin? And as she walks through that crowd, she's talking, 
And when she gets inside, the Harvard psychiatrist who had, well, this psychiatrist, he had been coaching her and he interviews her and he says, what were you saying to the crowd? And, and this is how she responds. guys. No, Ruby. Come back, sweetie. Honey, I saw you talking to them. Did you finally get angry with them? Did you tell them to just leave you alone? No, I didn't tell them anything. I didn't talk to them. But, Ruby, I was there. I saw your lips moving. I wasn't talking to them. I was praying for them. Praying for them? Yes. I pray for them every day in the car. But I forgot that day. Oh. What prayer did you say? Please, God, forgive these people. Because even if they say those mean things, they don't know what they're doing. So you can forgive them, just like you did those folks a long time ago when they said terrible things about you. Isn't that powerful? When the world was at its worst, she was at her best. And her life, had such an impact on that Harvard psychiatrist, he gave his heart to Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. That is the power of love, amen? That hurt just keeps disappearing. And that's the power of forgiveness. I want you to bow your heads for just a moment. If you would say, Pastor Ken, those watching online all over the campus, Today's the day I need to start my journey with Christ. I need to put my faith and trust in him. I need to receive his forgiveness. I need to experience his forgiveness in my life. And that's the decision you're making today. Lift up your hand real high, just real high, wherever you're at. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Every journey starts with a step. And today, you're beginning the journey with God through Jesus Christ. I'm going to invite everybody to say this prayer after me. It's the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray. When the world is at its worst, by the grace of God, we can be at our best. Pray this after me. Heavenly Father, forgive us of our sins as we forgive those who have sinned against us. In Jesus' name. For Jesus' glory, amen and amen and amen. Let's give God praise, amen. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Dan and Carol are coming to sing a great song about I am who God says I am.
keep fighting voices in my mind that say I'm not Every single lie that tells me I will never measure up. Am I more than just the sum of every high and every low? Remind me once again just who I am because I need to know.
Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Everybody stand with me, please. I just want to say it's so great to have Dan and Carol back with us. They'll be with us throughout the Easter season. Let them know how much you love them. Amen.